Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Buffalo. So I I think that the the, the full cavalry is probably in route still. Um, So not too, too crazy yet, but uh, I would imagine there'll be plenty of Bills fans uh, out there tomorrow. I would I would guarantee that. In fact, uh, I saw something along the lines of uh, like twenty to thirty percent of the secondary ticket sales have been coming from uh, Western New York area codes. So um, on top of that, I mean, you you have Bills fans around the country as well. So that's not just people coming from Western New York. So that'll be um, I think an interesting atmosphere, regardless, Matt. But I'm wondering maybe just like overall when you're the lead up into this game, the week of this game. It feels like week one happened, and then it was, let's just get to Kansas City. And, and do you get that vibe that although the team, and we're talking about cliches, Josh Allen, you know, Sean McDermott, the, the most important game is the next game because it's the next game, right? And we, we kept hearing that. Do you buy that, or do you believe, too, that there was always sort of this eye on Kansas City like it has been in the fan base? Because the fan bases are really all they've cared about for the last three or four weeks. I, I buy it from the perspective of what they always do inside the building there. Like, Sean McDermott's done that since he's been here. It's like ultra-focused on the opponent at hand. And in this league, I do buy into what he says when you start overlooking opponents or, like, not focusing on what you got to do that week. That's when you get beaten. So I, I believe that. But then we hear from Dawson Knox, uh, who's on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and he's like, listen, we're kind of probably speaking out of both sides of our mouth. Yeah, uh, I, I'm i focused on this game, and it's, it's just one game. But, listen, they beat us last year. There's, there's, there's stars. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was talking about it this week, that, you know, he'd he come in here and watch tape with all of his teammates, and they, they raised their hands in the meeting rooms, like, I could have done this better, I could have done this better. His bruises there still. He admitted it. And so, yeah, there's a little bit extra to this game. And also what it means, Nate, I mean, I was listening to Aaron Schatz. Uh, he was on show up in the Bulldog the other day, and I saw his tweet earlier in this week. It's like over 50% chance that the Bills get the one seed if they win this game. It drops all the way down to 20 if they lose it. I mean, a lot is on the line. If you want to go in the Super Bowl, this is, you know, we're no, we're no longer talking about playoff caliber. We're talking about championship caliber, right? That's, that's where they're at now. Well, the best route to getting a championship is getting home field advantage in the yeah. playoffs, and that's why this one's so big. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's right. And I, I'm glad you sort of mentioned Dawson Knox because that, that's a guy I think that's maybe hot right now in vogue, someone that is maybe the most interesting to talk about. And, Matt, there's a pretty clear and obvious shift after the things on offense that just did not work in week one. They really haven't gone back to that. We've seen a lot less Gabriel Davis. We've seen more Emmanuel Sanders and, and more Dawson Knox. Just, has there been a sense to you that that shift – 
is maybe for the best of this offense moving forward in terms of sustainability, even if it means stunting the potential on-field development of Gabriel Davis, which I think is, you know, the sort of the reality. For every, you know, three or four positives that we've seen from this team, you can look back and think about an effect that might be negative. And and I look at the one thing that has shifted in this offense is essentially they don't use Gabriel Davis. Um, and I'm wondering if that is something you believe that you like could be worried about. I know that he's still kind of fighting through an ankle injury. Maybe he's just not 100%. And when he is, he'll have more impact on the game. They are rotating receivers out. Like you're not seeing Stephon Diggs or, or Cole Beasley play 100% of the snaps. Um but I, I guess I've been a little surprised to see as little of Gabriel Davis as I have. And I guess my to, to maybe double down on that surprise, Matt, to see them have the success they've had without really utilizing him at all, um, I'm just I'm sort of interested in your thoughts on on whether or not you believe that's stunting his development and if that's if short term gains on the offense are worth potentially stunting his development. No, like I don't think it's stunting Gabriel Davis's uh, development. And there's like a lot to unpack there. Like, I mean, going back to, you know, the, the off season, I thought that Gabriel Davis role was going to reduce a little bit with Emmanuel Sanders coming in. I've been on the significant upgrade Emmanuel Sanders over John Brown train, you know, since they signed him, since that whole thing kind of unfolded in March, Emmanuel Sanders, like, you know, when I talk to people around the league about him, like people that have covered him, even some people that played in the league, like, you can't overstate the importance of, of what he brings just from a, a mindset perspective, mm. the way he approaches the game, his experience. Like, they weren't going to bring Emmanuel Sanders, who basically said the other day, like two weeks ago, he's like, listen, I'm 34. This might be it, where I'm coming in here, I'm, do, I'm selling out to try to win, and I'm going to put up my, my peace sign at the end of the season, I'm going to go be on a beach somewhere. They're not going to bring him into the fold here and have him play fourth fiddle. I mean, this is a guy that has done things in this league, and he still is capable of those things. They're going to rely on that. Now, Dawson Knox, to me, that's an option that now Brian Dable has in his tool chest. He can go to the, to the Dawson Knox hammer in games and, and rely on him. I think he's, he's earned that trust through the first four games. Is he going to be featured every week? Probably not. But I think they had to go out here early in the season and figure out, all right, where are we at with Dawson Knox? What do we have in him? If we give him opportunities, he's going to take advantage. He's done that. So you got that now. But I still think Gabriel Davis is a whole other tool with a whole other host of things that he can do and bring to this offense that we haven't seen yet. And I'm not worried about it. And If anything, everything that they've done so far to me with what we saw last year and what we've seen earlier this year, especially with the run game and the effectiveness that both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have run with this year, I think there's so many options now for Brian Dable. It comes down to him kind of, you know, maneuvering the strings a little bit and playing the, the, the right chords. Matt Prino here, New York Upstate, Shout Podcast. Join me here on the West Her Hotline. Um, Breaking news, Nate. Breaking what? news. What? The Buffalo Bills have signed Taron Johnson to a three-year contract extension. And it is perfect timing because I'm writing a big feature on Taron Johnson that will drop tomorrow morning on Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com. We earn it, man. He has absolutely earned it, uh, Matt. And, of course, 
we get breaking news right when we're on the radio here. And, and obviously, I don't believe we've seen – it just was reported. I bet we don't see numbers until maybe tomorrow or Monday. Um, but, heck, let's let's talk a little bit about Taron Johnson because I don't think there's been anybody on this defense that has quite earned the extension that he has, right? We've talked about, you know, is this team going to extend uh, Tremaine Edmonds? That's still sort of sitting in limbo. But Taron Johnson getting to the podium before Tremaine Edmonds really isn't that surprising if we think about it, considering the position he plays and how important slot corners are in today's NFL with how passing offenses are. But B, his development over the last calendar year, Matt, has been one of the most notable ones. Like His development model is sort of what everyone's hoping to see from like Ed Oliver. Yeah, man. I mean, I've talked to Micah Hyde. Jordan Poyer, Jim Salgado, Leslie Frazier about Taron Johnson the last couple of weeks. And, dude, everybody that talks to the, about this guy, they just light up. I mean, he doesn't say a lot. Like, he's not a guy that comes in and is real showy. I mean, he's had big moments, right? I mean, we're, we're 10 months removed from one of the biggest plays in the history of the Buffalo Bills franchise. Yeah. And he's just like a humble guy that comes to work. He's gotten really good at what I would argue is probably – among the top three hardest positions to play in football. I mean, slot cornerback, the speed that you're dealing with, the change of direction. He's like, I, one of the things he was telling me when I was asking him about, what, what, what do people like not know about playing the slot that you know, maybe you deal with every day and makes it so tough? He's like, listen, if I get an outside receiver that comes in and plays in the slot, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe, maybe I got more of a chance here because – you know, you see Tyreek Hill, you see Cole Beasley, you see the kind of guys he's got to go up against. He has a tough job, and to be one of the best at what he does at that tough job is such a ace in the hole for the Bills. And for them to reward him after the start early on this season, I think it says a lot about where he's at. And yeah, maybe it does put a little pressure on guys like Ed Oliver. And you know, I think Tremaine Edmonds has played a lot better than people give him credit for. But you know, big news on a, on a Saturday before a big game. Big news, I would say that for sure. Uh, Matt Perino here on the Wester Hotline. I um, I would be remiss if I just, I guess it would be dumb of me to get you on here on this show, Matt, and not ask you about the matchup at quarterback tomorrow. And I don't think it's totally fair to love Josh Allen, but admit that in his two previous games against the Kansas City Chiefs, when it's required of him to be almost flawless, to be perfect that he hasn't really shown up in that way. And, and how important is it to you? Let, let me, I guess let me phrase the question this way. If Josh Allen against the Seahawks, if Josh Allen against the San Francisco 49ers, if Josh Allen, you know, I don't know, name, name another game that you thought he just absolutely went off and went bananas last year. If that's the Josh Allen that shows up on Sunday, or A, if that's the Josh Allen that shows up in any given day, can the Bills be beat? Like, and that's the, like, I know it's kind of a broad question, but like, I get the sense that there's a lot of people that believe if that's the quarterback that shows up, the ceiling Josh, the guy that plays at that level, I just, I don't, they might be the best team in the league when he plays that way. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you get Josh, if you get Seattle Seahawks, Josh Allen, uh, I don't see any team beating them. Now, listen, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow night, you get, you get Seattle Seahawks, Josh, and you get Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes, and we get treated to what I'm already predicting to be a game that ends with both of these teams, weather permitting, scoring in, in the 40s. But listen, Josh Allen, there's so many different ways that he can beat you. And I think that that's like, you know, they put a lot on his plate. We've covered that quite a bit. The, 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 the offense, the scheme, 
It's very complex. He's asked to do a lot at the line of scrimmage. I think what we saw last year against Kansas City was just a result of a, a little bit too much on his plate for that moment with the fans back in the building. Now, I'm interested to see how he, what he learned from that and how he can apply what he learned to this game now. And I just think that with the way the Chiefs are playing, as bad as they've been against the run, with a, a group of cornerbacks outside of Sneed who don't impress me, I don't think Tyron Matthew is necessarily in, in peak condition yet mm-hmm. either. And Chris Jones, who might not play, I, I think this is setting up for a, a really nice day for Josh Allen. I do too. I just everything that I've I've watched of this Chiefs defense, they look like a shell of the team that they looked like last year defensively. I was listening to someone, maybe it was Jay Binkley, who I'll have on uh, up at up at noon here. He covers um, uh, the the Chiefs in Kansas City, and essentially the, the the talk around this was it has a lot of 2019 Kansas City vibes, where they lost in the AFC Championship game to Tom Brady and the Patriots, and you know you you sort of look back uh, or the 2018 team. I think it's 2018, 2019. Anyways, um, regardless, I, I'm thinking of this more and more that like. Patrick Mahomes can be the MVP and they still don't make the Super Bowl. Like that's like that's how bad their defense has been. Right. And like I I'll play devil's advocate in the sense that like, you know, I think you're gonna have Matt Verderam on and we yep. had him on the show last night, and I think he made a great point. He'll probably talk more about it. But like, you know, Steve Spagnola, you know, he's notorious for changing things around and, and kind of messing with things and, and you know, you might go into a game expecting one thing, and Brian Dable even talked about that, and he throws a completely different thing at you. They've been playing a lot of zone. They haven't been as press-heavy early on in the season. How much do the Bills put in what they did against them in the AFC title game versus what they've done throughout the first four games? It's that balancing act. Are you ready for what they throw at you? And so, yeah, do I think that they've played pretty poorly? And if I'm the Bills' offense, I'd like my chances to have some success here? Sure. But you still got to hold up up front. If Chris Jones plays – John Feliciano, Darrell Williams, they can't lose those matchups like they did last year. Because, you know, as good as Josh Allen was against Washington, and, you know, I thought that that was the perfect example of how good he can be when he's at his best, making plays even in the face of pretty consistent pressure. If, if, if he's got to deal with that against Kansas City, Chris Jones is a completely different animal. He's proved yeah. it already. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm – I'm not sitting here ready to say that this Kansas City defense is the version that we've seen over the course of a small sample size of four games. Perino, thanks so much, my friend. Enjoy your uh, your afternoon and uh, and evening in Kansas City. We'll look forward to uh, your uh, your Taron Johnson article that uh, that'll apparently be be dropping soon. So we appreciate you, buddy. Perfect. Perfect timing. Thanks for having me, buddy. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Matt Prino there of New York Upstate on the West Her Hotline. I'm going to take a quick time out on the other uh, on the other side. Sal Capaccio is going to join us uh, because he just broke some news about uh, this Taron Johnson signing. So Sal will join us after a quick time out here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.